Amen. Amen. Well, again, I would just encourage you to jump into one of those serving opportunities um, because it will change your life and it will actually make you look and be and feel and act more like Jesus, which is the goal, right? Well, good morning again. My name is Tyler Hardy. I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch, and uh, we are here on week three of a series called Radiant. And uh, essentially, if you want to know what this has all been about, you can go to our website and listen to the podcast. But I'll tell you really quickly, um, we've been talking about the triune God, or the Godhead, or the Trinity, or three in one, or the very confusing things that many times we're like, hey, is it one God or three gods? We've been talking about the radiance of his glory, this God that is coming into our world, shining the light upon our hearts, and then we then reflect that. We are his, uh, we are his ambassadors. We are his image bearers. And so we talk about this, this radiant God, but we have to understand him, right? So we've, we, we've talked about God the Father, and who is he as a father, and what is that really like, and how did Moses encounter the presence of God? How did he interact with him? What was that what was that scene painted back in Exodus? And then we talked about Jesus last week and how he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords and, and, and what really happened when Jesus died on the cross. Like what happened in that moment that the veil was torn and it gave us an opportunity to enter into the Holy of Holies, to enter into God's presence through Jesus. So today we're talking about the Holy Spirit, right? He's not the junior partner of the Godhead, right? He's not on the B team, right? But he's the Holy Spirit. He is a person. He is not Casper the friendly ghost. He is not just something. He is the person of the Holy, he is a person, right? And so we're going to unpack him today, and I just want to say on the front end, I know we live in Texas, and I know we live in College Station, and I know the majority of the people in this room did not grow up in a church that talked about the Holy Spirit. I know that for a fact, okay? So I was one of them. I didn't know. I knew a lot about God the Father. I knew a lot about God the Son. But God the Holy Spirit was the guy that just kind of came, but you didn't really talk about him much because people really didn't understand him. And so if you don't understand something, you just tend to distance yourself or just kind of turn to close your ears or you kind of skip over those chapters of the Bible that talk about him because you're uncomfortable, right? And so I just want to say on the front end that this may make some of you uncomfortable, but everything I'm going to say today is actually biblical, okay? So the Bible makes me uncomfortable, and it should make you uncomfortable if you read it. In light of that, we're going to wrap it up, all right? So here we go. Holy Spirit, you ready? Just kidding. Okay. So I remember growing up, and, um, you know, my parents are godly people, and we're part of churches. I uh, was actually baptized in a Baptist church. Uh, and, and, and then later on in life, we kind of switched over to a Bible church. We moved to Austin, and so we were there at this Bible church, and um, that was kind of most of my upbringing, and a lot of solid biblical foundational teaching in my life, but, but honestly, I, I rarely ever heard the Holy Spirit talked about in youth group or, or on Sundays or any other venue, really, and so I didn't really know a whole lot about him. I didn't really have, like, a bad experience, right? Like, I didn't have a negative connotation about the Holy Spirit, I just literally didn't know who he was, right? Um, and, and, and so that was kind of my upbringing. But, um, uh, but you know, uh, the truth is, as I came into college, I began reading the Bible more and more, and I began reading this book of the Bible called Acts, right? It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. And it's the 
Acts of the Apostles, right? It's essentially is what happened to birth the early church. Jesus was here living, showing us the way, the kingdom, all these incredible parables, right? He dies on the cross. He's risen from the grave. There he goes. He then appears to people, 500 people after his resurrection and says, hey, it's really me. He eventually ascends up to heaven, right? We talked lots about how you have God the Father and God the Son. He's actually sitting on his throne right now. He's actually interceding on our behalf right now. That's Jesus, the risen Lord. There he is. One day he'll return, but that day's not in this moment. Could be later today, but it's not in this moment. And so Jesus is there. And but Jesus said before he left, and all of his disciples are freaking out, like, wait, you're really gonna leave? I mean, you're the man. Like, you're the Messiah. You're the guy. You're leaving us? And he said, it's actually better that I go because I'm gonna send a helper that you're gonna need because guess what? I'm limited by time and space, y'all. He didn't say y'all, but he would have, okay? <laughs> but he, he's saying, look, I'm limited time and space. Did you see that in the Bible? Like Jesus was in one town and then like another town and another town, but he wasn't in all the towns at the same time. He actually was a human being, which last I checked, you can't do that either, okay? And so he was limited, but he said, I'm going to send a helper. Oh, and when he comes, he'll be with you all the time, everywhere. He can be with everybody all the time. He's not limited by time and space. So that's why the Holy Spirit is so good. So here I am in college. I'm reading the book of Acts, and I go to the summer camp. I mentioned the summer camp last week that Chris and I had, had the honor of serving together at. And at this summer camp, I was a counselor. I think this was between my sophomore and junior year. And um, I go there, and there's this girl on our counseling staff named Kelly. And, you know, she was new that summer to the, to the counseling staff, and she was different. There was something about Kelly that I couldn't put my finger on, okay? And then one day, she kind of came to our staff meeting early. We gathered all the counselors every morning before the kids, before we interact with them. And she said, hey, guys, I want to pray and fast today over lunch uh, for our campers. So I'm thinking fasting, like not eating? You know, I've never done that, okay? I always eat three meals a day, sometimes five. And <laughs> Kelly says to me, we're going to fast and pray. And I'm thinking, okay, well, something's different about her. Like different like in a good way, but I couldn't figure it out, right? And so I said, okay. So I showed up, and there's like 10 other brave counselors. I don't think any of us have ever fasted either. She's like the only person that's ever fasted, right? So we're like, what do we do? And we're like there gathering this little area, and we're like not eating. I'm thinking, I'm thinking half the time, like, why am I not eating right now, you know? Um, but I'm like, okay, there's a point here. And we just start worshiping, and then we start praying, and that girl starts praying, and she's worshiping, and she's different than the rest of us. Like, like the rest of us are still like doing this, like, you know, just kind of, kind of looking around, kind of singing, but kind of distracted, you know. But like her eyes were closed, and her heart was pure, and you could just tell. You're just like she's, she's, she's hanging out with someone I'm not hanging out with right now. Like she's connecting with God in a way that I'm not so sure I, I know what's going on there. But there's something about it that I like. There's something attractive about that. You know, Kelly. Why does she stick out? She was always joyful. I mean, it was like 24-7 joyful. I don't know how to describe it. You know, most of the counselors were happy around the kids, and we like, go behind, close the door, like, complaining, you know? She didn't do that. She didn't complain about the campers. We were like, what is going on, you know? She was always serving somebody, right? She was just awesome. And we're like, what is it about Kelly? So, you know, I come back uh, to college, and I'm here. And then, you know, six months later, I meet Ashley, who's now my wife. And, and we meet, and we start dating. And... I noticed some similar things in her. 
And I was like, wait a second, this reminds me of that Kelly girl. All right, maybe she's fast too. You know, what is, right? Is there a trick here? Is there like an equation? Is it fasting? Is that the thing, you know? I couldn't figure it out, you know. So we're dating. I'm like, man, she's joyful. When she worships, she like means it. I kind of kind of mean it, you know. Like she's like reading the Bible and like doing it, and I'm like thinking about doing it, right? I mean, like she's like serious. She's like one of those like serious Christians, which I don't know why. We put them like in a different category. Like there's serious and unserious, right? Uh, I, I don't know why we do that. But, but I did that. I was like, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty serious, but gosh, she's like, She's like level 401. I'm like freshman year, 101 here, you know. I couldn't figure it out. And so I was curious and I was interested. But then along the way, I did sort it out. I realized that the missing piece was the Holy Spirit. Uh, truly. And, you know, my first thoughts were like feeling like an idiot, honestly. Because I was like, I live my entire Christian life and I've missed this? Like, who, why did someone tell me? Like, I've been struggling with sin stuff in my life, just trying to religiously get out of it. And you're telling me there's something more. I, 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 I'm happy on the outside and complaining on the inside. Like, you're telling me there's actually another level in God that I don't know about? Have I been left out of the cool club? Like, I mean, I literally felt pretty insecure and pretty ashamed. Because there was a joy that I wanted and I couldn't get to. <laughs> there, was a, there was a heart that I wanted and I didn't have it. There, there, was, there were things about these two ladies in my life that I was like, there's something more. They're fasting and glad to be doing it. I'm complaining. It's like, what is the, and I couldn't just kind of like, I'm a pretty strong-willed person. I'm pretty like, let's go get it. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't manufacture it. I wanted to. So I felt really stupid, to be quite honest. But then I realized there's actually other people in the Bible that didn't know about the Holy Spirit either. In Ephesus, Paul, the Apostle Paul runs into some of the disciples in Acts chapter 19, verse 2. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I ain't the only guy. <laughs> wow, right? I mean, some disciples in Ephesus, I mean, they had like a letter written to them in the holy book. I mean, the Ephesians, Ephesus, this is like a big deal. Disciples are there. There was an established church there. There was a community of believers there. There were Christians there who were following the teachings of Jesus. And yet Paul comes and says, y'all don't know about the Holy Spirit? And they're like, no, who's that guy? He's like, we're going to talk about him, right? So I want you to know as we dive into some passages today, if you are in, if you're feeling like, I don't really know who the Holy Spirit is, that's okay. I was there. And I had to go on a journey of discovery, which is what we're starting today for some of us. Others in this room, you know some things about the Holy Spirit. You've heard about him. You've heard teaching. So you're not like unaware but this is going to be kind of taking you to the next level. And then others in the room have had a misunderstanding or a hurt or a misrepresentation in the form of a human being trying to represent the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so you're kind of all like, when you say Holy Spirit, you kind of get the, ooh, right? But let, let me just say, people mess things up, not God. 
right? God the Father actually is never wrong, in case we need reminding, nor is the Holy Spirit. He's never been wrong. He never will be wrong. He's always right. You're the one who's always wrong. You will actually always lose in that argument, okay? He didn't hurt you. The Holy Spirit didn't hurt you. A human being trying to hear from God and pray for you or to see something happen in their life or have their own insecurity, kind of do this, say this dogmatic statement, that person hurts you because they're immature and they're in process. So extend grace to them, right, because we all strike out. It's just part of baseball, okay? It's part of the Christian life. You're going to strike out some, extend grace and mercy, humble yourself, learn, and let's move on as adults. We ready to move on as adults today? All right, so let's get rid of the complaining and let's just tap into who the Holy Spirit is because I don't think Paul had any interest in these guys saying, I don't know who he is, right? And then being like, no, he, he, he said, okay, great. Then I'm going to unpack it for you. I'm going to reveal to you the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at these things through the lens of Scripture. So do not allow one experience or one opinion from your past to jade the real truth of who the Holy Spirit is. Here we go. He is God. That's number one. He is God. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. From the beginning, he describes himself as we, our, right? Who was God talking to? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were there in the beginning of creation. The Apostle Paul, his last words in the second letter to the Corinthian church captured this idea perfectly. He said in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Wow. Paul's wrapping up this letter to the Corinthians, saying the grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's called the trifecta, right? He wanted all three for them to get all three. Now, let me kind of unpack it for us, this whole three-in-one concept. Um, There are three parts to the sun. Did you know that? There are heat rays, light rays, and chemical rays, right? There's heat rays, light rays, and chemical rays, okay? Heat rays are felt but not seen. Light rays are seen, but not felt. And chemical rays have an effect, though they they are not seen nor felt. Altogether, we have sunshine, but without one part, you don't have sunshine. You don't have light. It requires all three. All three make up light. Look at that. You didn't know that's smart. (laughs) So he is God, right? Number two, he leads us into all truth. This is the Holy Spirit. Who is he? leads us into all truth. Truth, John 16, 13 through 14. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You see, the Holy Spirit, he is presence. He is the expresser of God on earth earth, right? He's the administration of God on earth. God is speaking by his Holy Spirit. So when we say things like, hey, we just want to hear the voice of God, right? What are we saying? We want you to hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit because he sent his Holy Spirit to help us, to lead us, to guide us into all truth. So then, God, what do I do right now? Thank you that you have the Holy Spirit right here that's helping reveal to me what to do. Do I go right? Do I go left? He is leading us, right? Like there is this partnership working together. 
And when we talk about all truths, why do I say all truths? Because um, any obsession with one aspect of God will lead to deception. Any obsession with one part of God or one characteristic of God will lead to deception. I mentioned last week about grace and truth. Let's take that for example. God is grace and truth. But what if you just get obsessed about the truth? Right? You get so obsessed with it, you, get, you build your entire empire around it, your entire organization, your entire life around the truth, true, 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 true. But you miss the grace. Right? Like, what, what, what if you build everything around the judgment of God? Oh, but you forget the love of God. Right? I mean, what if it's all compassion, but then there's no, there's no truth? Right? I mean, if you just pick an aspect, that, that, that's why it's really dangerous to read the Bible and to take one verse and to say that sums up everything God has to say about that topic. So, for instance, if you want to read up what does God have to say about money, there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of verses about money. So actually to get God's full perspective heart on money, you got to read a lot of Bible, right? So you can't actually just pluck one out and say, well, that's, that's it. Well, no, that's inconclusive. That's not taking the whole of Scripture. But the great thing is the Spirit of God is here to lead us into all Truth, not some. Amen? Listen, it's kind of like if you were, um, if you take a kindergarten class, all right? Go back to kindergarten for just a moment. Some of you teach kindergarten, so this is going to hit home real, real quick. Um, let's say kindergarten class shows up Monday, 30 kids rolling there. They get dropped off. No teacher, right? All right? Just start playing out in your mind. No teacher, door locked for an hour. What's going to happen? You don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. But that would be a great case study, right? <laughs> what you are thinking is that is chaos. That is kindergarten chaos without the teacher, right? It's going to be a madhouse. Guys, without the Holy Spirit, it is chaos. There's no one to lead you. There's no one to order you. There's no one to convict you. There's no one to guide you. Void of the Holy Spirit, you actually just kind of go and hurt everyone and do crazy stuff. I mean, it's gum on the desk. It's, it's, you know, some kid mooning another kid. I mean, it's, you know what I'm talking about. This stuff happens. Kindergarten teachers can be like, yes, that would be crazy, right? You don't want to step in on that. Guys, when we don't have the Spirit of God leading us and guiding us, we're a mess. We're just up to, like, grabbing and, like, who rises up to power next or who's got the strongest opinion or who does this. It, it's not, it is just people-led instead of Spirit of God-led. Amen? Now, um, you may be asking, okay, but, but didn't I receive the Holy Spirit when I put my faith in Jesus? Right? The answer would be yes. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That is great news because the Holy Spirit seals you for salvation. That's one experience. Write that down. The Holy Spirit seals you for salvation, right, which is one experience. You don't have to be resealed, right, like you're sealed once, a guarantee for inheritance. He puts the imprint of God upon you, right, securing your salvation. But there is more. There's more, right? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says these words to his disciples, Right, right before he's about to send before their eyes up into the heavenly realm, he says this, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. 
but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus said these words. The Holy Spirit empowers you for service, which is many experiences. You write that down. The Holy Spirit empowers you for service. Number one, he seals you for salvation, and he empowers you for service. How does he do that? A lot of different ways, but he forms Christ's character in you. He clothes you in Christ's power. He increases your faith and much, much more. We don't have time today to get into all the different things, the spiritual gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. There's a whole lot that comes along with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus knew in order for the New Testament church to be established, the Holy Spirit had to come. Which is why he told them to go and wait in Jerusalem. And then we see the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit comes and power. And then what happens? The church is birthed. You see, the Holy Spirit is actually the one who birthed the church, the New Testament, when he sent the Spirit of God came upon them. And guess what? It's for what? For service. Because he says, you'll be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, then what? You're going to be my witnesses. So actually, it's not even the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not even just for like you. It's not this like self-absorbed, oh, I just kind of become a stronger Christian. The point of the Holy Spirit is actually that he comes upon you, flows in you, through you, and out of you, and then you start impacting people like Kelly, who's, who's living this joyful, surrendered lifestyle, right? This is what it is. Now, to help us understand the Holy Spirit, we're going to use some metaphors that, are, that describe him in the Bible and kind of unpack them a little bit today, okay? So um, he's described as a dove, as a dove. In Matthew 3, 16, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. I heard someone say years ago, they said, um, um, that, that kind of something that someone had taught them, they said, you know, with the Holy Spirit, when he came upon Jesus, came to rest on him, then the mindset should be that every step we take, we take with a dove in mind. Right? What he was saying is that the Christian walk is actually not, oh, I hope, hope the Holy Spirit doesn't really see that, what I just did there. <laughs> no, he's like right here. Oh, how I'm treating my professor right now. He's right here. How I'm interacting with this customer service person. How I'm dealing with this conflict, the situation. How I'm talking to my kids right now. How I'm, oh, <laughs> the Spirit of God, he's resting on him. Now, why did God choose a dove? I think because it's the bird of peace. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, comes peace. There is peace that comes upon your soul. You ever met someone that just met Jesus for the first time, and they're like, I don't know how to describe this, but there's just this peace. And my world was chaos. Now it's peace. Ephesians 4, 29, 30. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. There it is again. You were sealed for the day of redemption. But what's he say? Don't grieve him. So let's go back to the bird of peace coming and resting upon you. To grieve the Holy Spirit, like we don't want to get in that business. Like he came in peace, wants to rest upon you, but you can grieve him. Let me give you maybe an example. This is purely hypothetical. 
in my marriage, let's say, that I got frustrated. And um, again, we'll use me and not my wife. She's not here right now. So um, let's just say I got frustrated and I maybe said something to Ashley that I felt in the moment was wrong to say and hurtful. Cutting, right? I know most guys have never done that. But you say something a little cutting, right? And then she's kind of like taken aback and there's some tears exchanged or maybe on her end and I'm kind of like this, you know, and, and I'm just kind of like, well, I just, uh, just frustrated, you know. Um, who wants to guess, is that relationship getting restored by me just kind of walking away and just giving it time? No. Maybe with guys that works, okay. Uh-uh, not with your wife. No way, Jose. I mean, it's like I got to go back, humble myself. All right, sorry, I... I shouldn't have said that, and I'm sorry, and please forgive me, and so on and so forth, and relationship is restored. Peace is restored in the home. Guys, that's how we get to live our lives. Yes, we may do things that we regret in the moment, but we've got them restored. Right? Like, you will sin, but then you need to confess, come clean, repent, and be restored. Like, that's life. It's not, oh, I send them out. I'm off the team. I'm off team Christian for the rest of my life. No, it is... You're on the team, so you should know how to get restored back into the team when you do something that is against the team rules, against the team values, against the family culture. And so when you choose something, turn back and say, let's restore the peace, right? Let's be a people restore that peace. He's described not only as a dove, he's described as fire. Matthew 3.11, I baptize you with water for repentance. This is John the Baptist saying this. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that sounds a little scary if we're honest. It's like, whoa, whoa I think I'll take the water one. That sounds refreshing. It's hot right now. Uh, the fire? There, who's coming after you with fire? I don't, last I checked, you do not want fire on you. <laughs> I mean, I know there's those guys, you know, do the torch thing and whatever. They throw them around. It's crazy, ooh and all. But you don't want fire on you. That's like not... A good thing, but, but John the Baptist is saying right here, Jesus, the Son of God, by the way, who just was coming right after this, right, to be baptized on the Holy deal, he's going to bring fire. And you're thinking, whoa, it's like the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, so um, I'm at World Mandate, which you know what World Mandate is. It's a, it's a missions conference we have every year. It happens in uh, February. We'll have it again this year in February. And, um, and years ago when I was in Waco, um, uh, I was there and Ashley was not there this weekend, this particular weekend. She was at the sales conference up in Dallas. And um, so I went to Royal Mandate by myself, and it was like Saturday morning session. And at the end of the session, I go up, and there's just worship happening. And I wasn't going up to get prayer or anything. I just kind of went up, just wanted to worship. I was just drawn just to worship and respond. As I'm up there, someone uh, puts their hands on me, and they start praying for me, right? And so they start, they start praying for me, and literally in this moment... I'm just worshiping Jesus, and they start praying for me, and I can't fully describe it to you, but I will say it was about 62 degrees in that arena. You know how they make it really cold for these conferences? But it was not 62 in my vicinity, okay? I started feeling heat. I started feeling weight. Like, like it felt like, and this is like this young lady praying for me. It wasn't this, like, massive dude, you know, just, just, a, just like a little hand here. And I just started feeling this, like, I was like, what is happening? Like, I can't stand. Like, literally, my knees are starting to buckle. I started sweating, 
And I'm like, and I'm like, what is, you know, you have to remember, okay, I'm, I'm Bible church guy, okay, this is not, this didn't happen in youth group, okay? I'm like, this, I am in control. What is happening right now, you know? And man, I'll just explain to you like this. I eventually went down, and for about 30 minutes, I'm laying prostrate on this concrete floor, just crying and weeping. And one of these things this lady put over me was that the Lord was saying, stop going back to the broken cisterns. You know what cisterns are, right? It's where they got their water. But a broken one is when the, the mud and it's dried up and the junk's got into it now. And so you're trying to draw water and it's broken. So you're actually getting junk in there, but you keep drinking it. Oh, man, the Lord knew. There's a cleansing happening in my heart. Literally, physically, there was a cleansing fire felt like on my body. And there was a cleansing in my heart. And guys, I'm telling you, that moment was a marking moment for me that changed the trajectory of my life. (laughs) Uh, Two weeks later, I'm sitting down with someone at Antioch Waco who's on the leadership team, and they asked us to pray about planting a church. Now, no one had ever asked me in my entire life, do you ever want to do full-time vocational ministry? No one had ever suggested that. I never desired it. And somehow in this moment, God knew he had to do a cleansing on me in fire before the next thing was going to be offered. Isn't that good how God does that? Like, we always want something, and he's like, uh, there's actually a process. <laughs> He'd take me through a process. We don't have to like it. It's just the way it is. He comes in fire. He's described as wind. All right, just two more. Described as wind. John 3, 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I don't know if you guys remember, but in January 2010, there was an earthquake that devastated Haiti. Um, It was around 250,000 people died uh, instantaneously in the earthquake, um, which is the most massive death toll I think we've ever experienced in the Western Hemisphere that we're aware of. Um, it was devastating, and um, most of their buildings were built out of concrete and these CMU blocks, and they crumbled and crushed and killed tens of thousands of lives. So um, Antioch as a whole, we're part of multiple churches around the country, kind of rallied together to start sending teams, medical relief teams, and they go in teams of 10, and they just show up and for a week just do triage. And um, to even describe to you the things that I heard, the stories I couldn't do this morning. But let me just say, it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. And um, uh, people were being saved and being healed, and people were getting the care they had, and people were dying. It was, it was wild. And so in all of that, we felt like we need to go at some point. We didn't have much of medical people that time at our church, and so waited. So about six, seven months later in August, we pulled together a team of 10 people, 10, 11 people, and we went down to Haiti for a week. And our, uh, what had happened is that most of these people were so scared to live, to rebuild homes made out of concrete blocks, that's how most of them died, they wanted to live underneath tents and tarps. And so there's a soccer stadium in this one area, and they set up this little tent city instead of soccer stadium. And so imagine Kyle Field filled with a bunch of blue tarp tents, and that's how people lived. They just slept on the ground or slept on something they could find, uh, and that's how they lived. So we went into this tent city for three days, and, uh, and one of the days we went in there, we met this young lady. We started sharing Jesus with her. She received Christ, and then we kind of gathered her, and we met with a few others, and um, we just started praying and worshiping with them. And I want to describe to you an email that I actually found uh, back, that I sent back to our supporters at that time. It said, um, 
Yesterday, we went to the stadium again, and we went through the discipleship lessons with our key leaders. During the discipleship lesson, literal revival broke out. The presence of God was so thick that everyone in the room started weeping uncontrollably and, repeat, and, and, and repenting. There were four Haitian women plus three of us. Then the church service spontaneously started, and we had at least 20 gathered again. Very powerful. Elizabeth, one of the Haitian leaders, led the group. She did a great job. Many were touched by the power of God. A woman had a nail wound in her foot and was on crutches. We prayed, and she was healed instantly. She could walk perfectly, and the hole in her foot was gone. Triple exclamation point. A boy was healed of a very high fever, and many others were touched in power. The team is doing great. Everyone is so cheerful and serving each other so well. We had at least one hour of encouragement time last night. Such a great group. Amazing. Nothing is impossible with our God. We didn't go to Haiti knowing what was going to happen. But, you know, when you show up, sometimes the Holy Spirit blows in like a wind. And I can tell you, and then this little tarp that felt like 120 degrees, something blew in there, and people started giving lives to Jesus, repenting. It was wild. The Holy Spirit blows <laughs> where he wishes. Last of to say this, he's described as water, described as water. John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus had not died on the cross and been resurrected to life. The Spirit had not been given yet. But we know that's talking about one day at Pentecost, the Spirit would be released, and then from there it would spread. And really, since the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has been spread throughout generations, the last 2,000 years of people. He has come in power, and people have prayed and released the Spirit of God upon people for generations. And that is how the church is here and has survived. The Spirit of God kicked things off. But you know, um, we are called to be those that flow, that we receive. As Chris said earlier, we're here to receive from God, but then out of that place, we then give that away. Right? We want to be, want to be givers. And if you have the river maker in you, then rivers can flow out of your soul, right? So he's described as water. But, um, but the Spirit of God is willing to flow in and out of all areas of our lives, not just on a Sunday morning or not just in a life group, but everywhere you go. That you go to a restaurant, you go to a business, you're in class, you're at home, you're doing something. The Spirit of God is present everywhere. Remember, it's the dove. He's right here. He's not like flying away and coming back when you just feed him. The Spirit of God is with you. It's upon you. I kind of uh, shared about, like, uh, if you think about it as like a fire hydrant, right? You look at these fire hydrants, right? You look at them, and if you didn't know the inner workings of a fire hydrant, you'd be like, wow, there's a cool little red thing sitting above the ground that looks kind of neat but interesting, and dogs pee on it, right? That's what you think of when you think of a fire hydrant. But if you look at a fire hydrant, what you don't understand is that there is a valve hooked up to that hydrant, right? And there's a whole line of water flowing that's at this max pressure, right? Fire, fire I could tell you, it's just sitting there unassuming. But when you get close to that fire hydrant, you open that valve up, you will get blasted. I mean, literally, you will get blasted. When you hook up to that fire hydrant, the river is coming, right? That's the Holy Spirit. You got to get close. You can't just be like, oh, look at that. Look what God's doing over there. Awesome. Can I have some of that? I have to go over there? I don't want to. No, I just, I'll stay right here. But that's how we treat it. That's how we view the Holy Spirit. I don't, that looks different. Wow, that guy's, there's a lot of water coming out there. 
I'm not sure how that makes me feel. I'm a little uncomfortable. It's not on my terms. It's not on my timing. It's not inside my box. Hmm. Right? I'm telling you right now, Haiti, tarp, spirit of God showing up, nail out of the foot was not in my box either. God's not interested about putting things inside your box. He's not. He's interested about taking the sides off your box. He's saying, will you allow the spirit of God to flow like a river through you? I'm going to close with this. I'm going to have a stand. And um, as the band makes your way up here, and some of our life group leaders can make your way up. Just come on up here. Be available to pray for people. You know, I'm, I know, as I said at the beginning, that some of us are unfamiliar. You may be like me. And you said, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. I'm not really sure. I just heard some stuff. I'm not really sure. And, and I just want to say that's okay. <laughs> because God's been gracious with me in my journey. He'll be gracious with you. That's who he is. That's his nature, right? But for all of us, I kind of would share this illustration with you about the Holy Spirit. Today, I've, the picture that came to mind was, it's kind of like when someone gives you a, a present, right? For your birthday or Christmas, this big gift. Imagine this big box, someone just goes and plops in your lap. Now, you can look at that box and, man, this is beautifully wrapped. I mean, this is nice. I'm sure there's some cool stuff inside, but it just looks great. And, and you can set it right there, just, uh, you know, on your living room floor, just kind of look at it. Man, that's, look at that box. It's a great gift. Or, or, or you could take the risk and the bold step of actually opening it. Not knowing fully what to expect. Not having it all figured out about what's really inside this box. When I open this box, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. But I know the person who gave me the box is good. I, I, I know that they're trustworthy. I mean, I have faith that there's good intentions behind. He's, I know he's a good, good father, but, but I don't know. There's something a little unnerving about the box. But, but what if you today just decided to say, I'm going to take that box and I'm going to just start opening it. I'm just going to open it up and, and, and see what's inside. I'm going to open it up and, and explore and maybe kind of, what is that for? And try that and maybe read about that. Maybe there's some more instructions, maybe something you get to experiment. But there's something inside the box that God has you. That's really who the Holy Spirit is, I believe, for many of us today you have an opportunity to take a step and to open it up. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. <laughs> they will. Guys, if you hunger for more of God, he will meet you in that place. It's gonna look different for every person. Don't ever compare your experience with God with someone else's, That's, that leads into a ditch. You don't have to do that. There's so many different experiences. It's laughable. It's just, don't worry about it. But God's saying, I gave you this gift. I want you to unwrap it. So if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what? I want to cultivate that hunger. I want to unwrap that. Then we're just going to all together just right now as we just jump into worship, we're just going to take a moment. And um, I just want us to close our eyes. And really, this is about what Jesus just said. If you hunger and thirst for righteous, you'll be filled. Just, I want you just to begin. You can just pray in your own heart. Just, Lord, would you fill me with the Holy Spirit? Lord, would you reveal to me what's inside that box? 
Lord, would you give me the courage, whatever you need to pray. But just it's about hunger. It's about hungering for more of him. Because he's good. He's only got good stuff in store. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We love you. We're so grateful that you sent your Holy Spirit. You sent the helper. We need him. We need him more in our lives than ever before. So Lord, would you come? Meet us in this place. Reveal yourself in a fresh way. I pray in Jesus' name.